Reconstructionist Radio presents The War Room, where we discuss tactics for strategic Christian living. Mighty Lord, extend your kingdom, be the truth with triumph crown. Let the lands that sit in darkness hear the glorious gospel sound. All right, y'all. Welcome everybody to a special episode of Boots on the Ground with Joe Salant, a uh, production of the War Room Reconstructionist Radio, and this is a uh, a special message coming in live uh, to to do this podcast. Now we are going to be recording this uh, here with the live audience on Facebook. Uh, recording this now, but it will be available on Reconstructionist Radio sometime in the near future when we need to drop it in. But uh, the time is kind of urgent right now for what is going on. Once again, Joe Salant, War Room, Boots on the Ground, bringing you a special edition. This is going to be a truncated edition, truncated like the gospel that are preached from the that's preached from the pulpits, the milky pulpits, and the lightless lampstand. Uh, the saltless salt under pagan feet. Now, look, um, this is this is a this is a crucial topic here, right here, because what we're going to be talking about is issues of justice and righteousness on a practical level on the front lines. This is not scholarly type nonsense. This is what is happening right now, right now. Boots on the ground, special report, um, and in in the battle to establish the foundations of God's throne. Uh, in the plight to end the abortion holocaust, the uh, murder of the preborn on the hills to Moloch in the Moloch state. Um, let's start with a little bit of scripture. So in Exodus uh, 18:21, and uh, we'll be interacting a little bit with the live audience. What's up, Carl? How you doing, brother? Love you, my man. You're always contending. Um, Exodus 18:21 says, uh, "But select capable men from all the people." Men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Those are the type of people that the Word of God says that we are supposed to have as magistrates. Men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain. Well, let me tell you something right now. What's going on where we're at right now on the local, state, and federal level is men don't fear God. Uh, Women don't fear God. Uh, fear is idolatry externalized. Men fear other men. Uh, men fear uh, what happens when we reject the pursuit of humanism uh, to establish the righteous foundations of God's throne. And so we don't have men that fear God, and they're not trustworthy, and they love dishonest gain. As a matter of fact, there, there's a game of political football going on right now with the mutilated corpses of the preborn. It is an abomination for kings to do evil, for the throne is established by righteousness. Amen. Amen, Pastor Ryan. It would be great. Look, culture is religion externalized, and fear is idolatry externalized. The religion of the land that we're in right now, make no mistake whatsoever, the religion of this land right now is humanism. All right? The fear of the pulpits in their little 501c3 ghettos is idolatry. 
It is fear of man. The pagan state is reigning with its God humanism, and we have a sprawling ministry industrial complex right in the wake of all of this, clutched in our little ghettos thinking, what are we going to do? All right, and there's a practical example of why I'm, I'm laying this out here. This isn't something that, that I haven't said and that others haven't said before, but I need to lay this out, especially for the newcomers. Nobody fears the Lord. Look, everyone does what is right in their own eyes. Everyone builds their little kingdom. Everyone has their, you know, nobody's footstooling the enemy. And, it, and it's really driving me crazy. Uh, City on the Hill sermon in, in 1630, a model of Christian charity. This was preached by a Puritan uh, John Winthrop aboard the ship Arbella. Uh, on this, uh, in this sermon, Winthrop admonished the future Massachusetts Bay colonists uh, that their new community would be a city on a hill. And Boston, as they kind of approached, was kind of elevated. It would have been like a city on a hill, so on and, and so forth. So uh, that was the idea. And the city on the hill is based on the foundations of the law, word of God. And that, that's the heritage. That is the earliest heritage. And any blessing that we have received... As a uh, as a people today uh, is based on that covenant faithfulness. There's no middle ground. All we have is covenant breakers and covenant keepers, and that foundation. This city on a hill. We're now after a long trail of submission to tyrants, ecclesiastical tyrants and secular tyrants, usually kind of one and the same. Uh, we are the city on the hill with the lights out, saltless salt, the lightless lampstand. Look, this didn't happen just yesterday. Um, I'm the narrator for a book uh, that just came out by Dr. Joel McDermott uh, called The Problem of Slavery in Christian America. And in this book, it, it chronicles how the pulpits were not only apathetic towards the injustice and inequity of chattel slavery on blacks, but complicit, complicit in establishing injustice for blacks in America to the point that pulpits in the colonies actually, now listen to this, actually read the slave codes from the pulpits and admonished men to bring weapons to church to track down runaway slaves. That is in our heritage. Uh, to give you an idea of what would be in a slave code, it would be like if a slave escaped their ear and they got caught, the first offense, their ear would be nailed to the wall and the other ear would be sliced off. Now imagine that being read from a pulpit. Imagine that, okay, we're like like when they do their announcements uh, for the sermons today, like oh, oh, before uh, before Pastor Smith gets up and does their sermon, we have a reading from the uh, from the law of Satan from, from the pulpit. If you catch a black runner away slave this is what you are to do and they read it like a satanic reading of the law of god just really 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 disgusting bunk kind of i mean just establishing injustice the pulpits were complicit with establishing injustice uh, for blacks during the colonial pre-colonial and post-revolutionary and post-revolutionary period it's lasted for a long time so i mean it's ridiculous on that note chapter four of the problem of slavery in Christian America is going to be a live reading next week on American Vision, uh, the American Vision Facebook. So please stay tuned to that. It is you're going to want to get this book. We have to learn our lessons from history so that we can kind of understand where we are. History doesn't happen in a vacuum. It is his story, and there are developments that are going on in our land right now that not only parallel what happened in the past in many ways in many magnitudes actually expands on the wickedness and expands on the injustice it's just crazy 100 percent crazy so but we do have a uh look 
I'm post mill. I'm post mill on mine. That post mill. That post mill. So of course I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna bring some examples of light, examples of victory. God is moving history forward. We are gonna footstool the enemy in the name of Jesus. We have a few bright examples that are sprinkled in. Uh, for example, uh, uh, Matt Truhella, uh, Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates uh, author. Uh, missionaries to the preborn founder doing great work up there in Wisconsin. What's up, uh, Pastor Matt? Real pastor, one of the few real pastors. Real pastors. Throw back to the real Black Robe Regiment. Uh, records that in 1859, uh, the Wisconsin legislature defied the federal government. Now I'm setting all this up for a reason. The Wisconsin legislature legislature defied the federal government. Eight, March 11, 1854, a runaway slave named Joshua Glover. Uh, was arrested by federal marshals in Racine, Wisconsin. Now, he was taken to the Milwaukee County Jail, crowd of about 5,000 people who had learned of the arrest gathered, and they broke him out of the jail. Look, Glover made it out. Um, in, he made it out to Canada, right, and uh, uh, through the Underground Railroad where he lived into his natural death. Now, the federal government decided to bring charges based on uh, a, on, the, on a man named Sherman Booth who broke Joshua Glover out with a mob of, of righteous people, uh, righteous Christians standing up, um, and charged Sherman Booth with uh, a violation of the Federal Fugitive Slave Act. So in a historic act of interposition at that time, the Wisconsin legislature and the Wisconsin Supreme Court defied the federal government and the U.S. Supreme Court by interposing for Booth and declaring that the Federal Fugitive Slave Act was void and of no force. So the legislature wrote that this assumption of jurisdiction, this is exactly what the words say, this assumption of jurisdiction by the federal, judici by, by, by the federal judiciary in the said case and without process is an act of undelegated power and therefore without authority, void and of zero, no force. That was on March 14, 1859. They defied the Supreme Court. They defied the tyrants on the bench. They defied the federal beast and they stood up for an image bearer of God, a single image bearer of God. They said, no, no, we're not going to deliver this man into the dominion of man straight up. No dice on that, 100%. Now, wouldn't it be amazing if we had Christian magistrates willing to step up and do today it, the same thing in the case of the abortion genocide? I mean, what if there hypothetically was a candidate somewhere running for governor in a gubernatorial race? What if there was a candidate that was willing, that raised their hand and said, you know what? I'm going to defy the federal beast. I'm going to ignore Roe. I'm going to defy tyrants. We're going to declare the unrighteous decree written by the federals, by the Supreme Court, and courts don't write laws. We're going to de de declare this thing null and of no power in our state. I mean, we would expect, since we have so many good biblical churches, there is always an outrage against abolitionists who stand outside of churches that preach great sermons and have a good liturgy, and, and, and they pass out the crackers and juice to, to an awesome degree, and they dunk the people in the right way, whichever the right way is according to their tradition, right? And they practice the sacraments, and they have their authority, and all that other kind of stuff. 
stuff. I mean, these churches are all over the place. And abolitionists who stand outside of these churches calling for the good man for help are always under attack. The guns are always on their face. They're always anathematized. So, so we would expect, because all of these churches all over the place, all of these religious clubs are straight up and down the business, so we should expect... They, they would rally behind such a candidate, regardless of which state they were in. If we had a gubernatorial candidate stand up and say, you know what? We're not going to play the game anymore. We're going to defy this unlawful decree. We're not going to play a game of political football anymore. This ends now. We're going to ignore Roe. We're going to defy tyrants. We would expect the pulpits to rise up, right? I mean, at least all the good churches, all the good you know, uh, ministry industrial complex figureheads would be rising up. Well... Unfortunately, uh, the answer is we do have one. Or actually, fortunately, the answer is we do have one. And unfortunately, by and large, the answer has been no. The pulpits have been silent. Look, check it out. In January 22nd, 1973, all right, a panel of five Republican and two Democrat judges, okay, a panel of five Republican, the good elephant, and two Democrat judges, all members of good standing in institutional churches. Let that sink in for a second. One Methodist, one Roman Catholic, two Episcopals, and three Presbyterians. You got me, OPC guys? Three Presbyterians ruled in favor of decriminalizing abortion. Decriminalizing. 1973. Yeah. Roe v. Wade decriminalizing child sacrifice how much how much how much church discipline you think was was levied uh, uh from the sessions on the uh, uh on these uh, uh presbyterians on these three presbyterians how many how, how much how much church discipline did they face take a look at the record zero all right ruled in favor of decriminalizing child sacrifice paul marinoff says at that point in time, the mask was off, and there was no way for any sincere professing Christian to even begin to imagine that the civil government in the United States, at any level, federal, state, or county, was the government described in Romans 13. That date clearly revealed that for the last 100 years, a Revelation 13 beastly power had replaced the Romans 13 government authority that was meant by the original colonists. Now, at the end of the day, if that shocks you, realize there is money in a costly cycle of defeat. And the American pulpit's history has been dicey at best when it comes to issues of righteousness and justice. Better to have, you know, the big conferences and the lightless lampstand that talk about an endless game of political football and, and, and validate fighting evil as a special calling of a few paid super Christians, a few special paid super Christians to get out there and fight this thing. Everybody's got to make some have a, have a living, you know. Uh, uh, having a perpetual giant Goliath to fight and fundraise against, man, that, that's, a, that's a heck of a money bag stuff, or I'll tell you that right now. Look, but select from the capable, capable men of all people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them over officials. Exodus 1821. Look, man, at the end of the day, we have what we have at our, the reason why, I'm not tripping. God has this 
right in his hands. He is weaving this story together, and it's going to be a victorious story. We could footstool this fake god of secular humanism in a New York minute. In a new, We have the resources right now in a New York minute. If we repented, it would be like, bam, justice would be established in a New York minute. If the money wasn't given to fight a perpetual back and forth battle, if it was a no nonsense, you can't be a Christian. If you have a small little gospel that's just about where you go when your soul dies and talking, tossing 10% of what you get in this tin right here. If we had an all encompassing comprehensive gospel of the kingdom of God and we stormed the gates of hell, they would not prevail. And we have the resources. This isn't first century Christians fighting against the Roman peace. This is 80 million so-called evangelical super forces with billions and billions and billions of dollars that we could throw up in the air. We have to just contend for the paradigm. And in contending for that paradigm, something super important right now I'm so pumped up to announce and stand behind is going on right now. And 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 make no mistake, it is being blacked out by the little popes in the ministry industrial complex. This is not something, and you will see why, but this is not something that the pro-life ministry industrial complex that the good pastors and nice biblical churches are going to really want to get behind because there isn't money in it. There's a ton of sacrifice in it and it could cost their career. It could cost even, you know, to the utmost extent, their honor amongst their peers. But if the right thing was done, and we're going to show that if the right thing was done, this could turn the tide right here. There's something absolutely crazy going on in Oklahoma right now. What began with the spirit of God moving on the hearts of a few unknown fishermen in Norman, Oklahoma, only several, only several years ago, has translated by allegiance to, allegiance to King Jesus in faith to an outspoken abolitionist of human abortion running as a qualified gubernatorial candidate in this cycle in Oklahoma with a shot to win. Let me say that again. There is an abolitionist of human abortion running as a qualified gubernatorial candidate in Oklahoma with a shot to win. He has videos up on Facebook now with a quarter of a million views on them. Good, high-quality content based on the law of God, swinging the acts of the gospel of the kingdom of God towards injustice, showing what a real statesman looks like when juxtaposed against all these phony politicians. A quarter of a million views. I mean, are you kidding me? Look, the mainstream media and pro-life ministry industrial complex, we can expect to give the silent treatment to this completely unlikely, almost miraculous development in the history of a culture that's already descended deep into the moral degradation of humanism long, long ago. Like So this is just kind of validation of what is occurring right now by the grace of God. And this is a measuring stick. This is really a measuring stick event. It, it's blacked out. If you don't know what I'm talking about by this time of the video right now, there's a reason you don't know what I'm what I'm talking about. You don't. You, there's a reason why you don't know what the man's name is. There's a reason because if the right, if righteousness and justice was actually a topic of consideration in the hearts of the shepherds of this land, everybody within the sound of my voice would know what I'm talking about right now. 
Right now, there would just be no, oh, yeah, it's this guy running over here for this. Absolutely, 100%. Because it's monumental. It is absolutely monumental. The enemies of God and their cohorts, the religious leaders of the day, will black this thing out for as long as they can, after which they will move, after which they will move, oh, no, we got a, uh, okay, there we go, after which uh, uh, they will move, uh, to the more sideways tactics. However, it also does function as a call to arms to the front line of front lines of the fight. That's what this is. A call to arms. War room, boots on the ground with your boy Joe Salant, just a regular brother like y'all in the trenches fighting evil. Uh, uh, this is a call to the front lines of the fight. Image bearers of God in this land with ears to hear, who like the sons of Issachar can discern the signs of the times and sound the trumpet, spread the word, Citizen journalists, listen up. This is your assignment. Let everyone know. Abolitionist Dan Fisher is running for governor in the state of Oklahoma, and it's going to be us to carry this great sign of the rule of King Jesus into the news cycle. Dan Fisher is running for governor in the state of Oklahoma. Now, you need, obviously, someone uh, on a Reconstructionist radio podcast, on a blacked-out network, on a blacked-out podcast, to bring you this news. Because you wouldn't hear it from the pulpits that should be talking about this every single chance that they get, 100%. If you're unfamiliar, look, with the distinction between a pro-life Republican uh, and a statesman seeking to abolish the Holocaust of the preborn by establishing the justice of God's law on the matter, there will be some resources posted in the status section just for you. All right, so check back there in a little bit. For now, this uh, exercise will suffice. If you don't know the difference between a pro-life Republican politician and a statesman seeking to abolish human abortion, this is what I want you to do for me. Find me the record of one other politician with the chance to win the post as an executive of the state, a governor, who unapologetically as the first point of their platform addresses human abortion as murder, calls for the criminalization of it as such with applicable penalties, and not only does not offer but staunchly opposes as evil any and all incremental concessions to child sacrifice to the gods of humanism and the Moloch state. Find me one. Find me one. This is gigantic, and it must be regarded as such. So regardless, regardless, 100%, can't emphasize this enough, regardless of the results of the Fisher race in Oklahoma, this is what you should expect to see in the near future. Pay attention. You will see more and more statesmen and stateswomen rising up and drawing the line between humanistic pro-lifeism and biblical abolitionism, calling the former out for exactly what it is, at best, a humanistic attempt to defeat humanism, which will leave us with more humanism, and at worst, an overtly evil attempt to cash in on a game of political football with the mutilated corpses of the preborn. Now, you may see scorecards, anticipate seeing scorecards, grading candidates on their commitment to the abolition of human abortion in accordance with the law of God. So, for example, like your typical Ted Cruz type might get an A plus 100% uh, pro-life scorecard. Uh, your your uh, uh, what's what's the guy's name in uh, in Kentucky? Uh, uh, Bevin Matt Bevin might get a A plus one hundred percent pro life rating, but since somebody like that 
won't defy the federal beast, will leave it to Christians to get locked up outside of an abortion mill to try to teach them a lesson, and still won't step up and defy the tyrant, and still won't step up to abolish human abortion because of that, your Ted Cruz's, your, your Matt Bevins would get an F, even though they get a hundred in a pro-life rating, they would get an F, perhaps maybe on the zero to 20 scale as an abolitionist for consistently voting and speaking up for measures that regulate when, where, how, and why a pre-born image bearer of God may be sacrificed to the Moloch state, but never, 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 never biblically calling for the immediate end of abortion as murder in the form of law. And perhaps in many cases, most cases or almost all cases on the books, actively opposing the righteousness and justice of God as too extreme. You know, King Jesus footstooling his enemies, too extreme here, way too extreme here. One nation under God in the land of the not free and the home of the slaves. As you see, uh, look, folks, abortion will never be abolished and justice will never be established for the preborn if it's not done according to the standard of justice in God's word. This is lesson time. If you wonder why we are where we are today with a sprawling ministry industrial complex, gigantic pro-life political complex and billions upon billions of dollars wasted on professionals after a half century of trying to halt the preborn child sacrifices to the god of humanism with no avail it's because we have been fighting humanism with humanism and if you use the weapon of humanism to strike the beast of humanism no matter who wins you will wind up with more humanism and humanism always requires the sacrifices of image bearers of god long lists of codified lawlessness regulating how image bearers of god how human beings may be sacrificed to the to the idols in the high places how their mutilated tiny sacred image bearing little bodies are pe- are to be dis- drained of their blood and disposed as an offering to moloch and and where their sacrificed corpses may be may be forgotten and left for their blood to cry out to the creator god satan hates god strikes out at his image in man and always requires human sacrifice one way or another man in the in the myriad of fake religions of false religions that satan has spawned from the ancient paganism gnosticism to the modern secular humanism nationalism statism etc one of the ways that he perpetuates his assault on the image of god is to field both teams in a fake fight listen up now Satan wants to feel, this is how he does it. He likes to field both teams in a fake fight to stop the slaughter. He creates the problem and then gives you the solution. So in our situation, you know, team secular humanist, the mascot for team secular humanist is the donkey. Uh, always on offense. The donkey is always on offense. They'd have the helmets with the donkey on, always on offense. And team pseudo-Christian humanist, uh, that mascot is the elephant, always on defense, always on defense. And so this sick contest of football from hell has gone this way. The donkeys establish humanistic lawlessness as the rules for the game. 
which ensures that as long as those rules are in place, the scoreboard stays where it's supposed to be according to the devil who's writing the plays. Okay, so as long as this rule book, this rule book of humanistic lawlessness, encoded lawlessness, is on the books, it is assured what the final score is going to be. We're not at war with abortion. We're at war with the worldview that makes abortion possible to begin with. That is the idol that we are putting the axe to the root on. Okay, so that ensures that, so as long as the rules are set for team humanism, guess what? Team humanism is going to win. And there are two team humanisms in this in this sick contest. This 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 scoreboard has been running, uh, just counting from 1973, a better part of 50 years, at over 60 million trackable, trackable. It's Quite, quite close to IVF and all the other kind of uh, untrackable chemical type of abortions. Uh, over 60 million uh, trackable infant sacrifices to the Moloch state. That's two every minute. A 9-11 every day. Every day. Every day. The blood cries out with this sin. Goodness. Goodness. You would, I mean, <laughs> man, you would think about that. And there's a complaint that there are abolitionists on the sidewalks of churches. I mean, think about that. Think about that. A 9-11 every day, and there's a there's an order in the church's complaint for abolitionists going, help, yo, check it out. Look at what's going on. It's right down the street. Imagine if there were two-year-olds. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what, uh, uh, which special religious club do you belong to, sir? Uh, I need to see your ministry industrial complex credentials. You don't look valid to me. As a matter of fact, I don't even think you're a Christian. Let me see your membership role that we submit to Moloch, you know? I mean, imagine that. It's It's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, the elephants look. So the elephant, the team elephant, Republican, pro-life, ministry, industrial complex, whatever. Uh, team elephants grant the, grant the rules as legitimate. So that's a major part of this game. And then work within their lawless framework, validating their lawless rules in a self-canceling, vain exercise of trying to establish justice while validating injustice. And guess what? You cannot validate injustice and establish justice at the same time. For example, the endless pursuit of appealing to the very same court that in violation of the law of God and the Constitution issued an iniquitous decree to withdraw that decree, refusing to defy that court as a tyrant in opposition to God, acquiescing to the tyrant court, begging and pleading with the tyrant court, sending out fundraising letters showing how the composition of the tyrant court could be altered for a few more billion dollars in cheers for the elephant team, anything but what could actually win in this instance, opposing the unjust rogue institution directly to its face. That's right, folks, in a fake fight with a predetermined outcome, regardless of how many of the participants are duped by the biblical illiteracy to believe that it's real, the numbers are cooked. They're cooked. For example, nobody from Team Elephant will or ever can give us an accurate count of exactly how much it costs in terms of pre-born image bearer blood and guts and torn off body parts to have pro-life Christians, Christians, those that bear the name of Jesus Christ as king, writing laws, those that bear the name of Jesus Christ as king, writing laws that treat abortion as health care and not murder. Never mind child sacrifice. Hi, I'm a Christian. Let me submit to you this law to try to end a holocaust of the image bearers of the preborn in the place where you're knitting them together, Jesus. You know, 
why don't we pass a law that kind of regulates the uh, the width of the hallway in which they're actually wheeling the mothers in to murder their babies? Absolutely disgusting. 100% disgust. It should sicken us. This is the reading of the slave codes from the pulpits. That's what this is. That is exactly what this is. This is exactly the same. This is exactly that. If we do not learn, if we do not stand, if we don't make this the line and no further, I'm telling you, the sanctions are already here. Read the blessings and the curses. That is where nations get judged. Watch for the fire. Look, since the Christian populace has been milked up with the watery stuff from the pulpits of the lightless lampstand, they will never know that laws, legislation, has moral value and a didactic, that means teaching, a didactic function. A lawless decree that claims to limit abortion, for example, by cutting it off at 20 weeks. You know, pain capable, the big noise going around right now. Uh, that's the ball the team, team elephant is trying to rumple up the field with. Uh, the pain capable bills. Uh, 20 weeks, trying to cut abortion off at 20 weeks. This is what that teaches the culture. Christians writing that law simply teaches the lawless culture that the Christian position is not to kill babies when we think they can feel pain. It's it's not that difficult to figure out. That's why we're in the place that we're in today. Most people don't know that, that Russia has a 12-week ban on abortion. It has almost as many abortions per uh, per woman uh, as as China. I mean, it's per family as China. So it's it, these these things. The, the numbers are just cooked. It's 100% disgusting. You can't get any more anti-image bearer of God dehumanizing than a pain capable bill you can't get more i mean what you, you don't kill a human being because they feel pain all right look i believe that's it's true that they use my, my farmer friends my farmer buddies a lot of recons are farm look check it out so i believe it's true that they euthanize pigs before the slaughter sometimes right isn't that true so to quote a recent article out of the liberator liberator.news if you don't know where to get your source for all news abolition uh shout to kate robinson and the team out there they do a, a magnificent job of staying on top of top of it liberator.news um to, to give a quote from them uh, we've come one step closer to treating human beings like pigs with this with these pain capable bills so uh, i mean to, to kind of draw out how ridiculous it is because we've kind of been stupefied by the culture on this imagine if they did that with rape imagine if if rape was legalized under lawlessness and culturally acceptable so you can see it now the anti-rape elephant field team fielded by satan in the ministry industrial complex would be scribbling up decrees such as uh you must sufficiently drug the rape victims so they can't remember the event. Remember, rape causes bad memories. We must create an environment that's safe for the rapist and their victim because after all, everybody here is a victim, right? It, the parallel is exact. It is, it is chilling. It is bone chilling. I mean, the, the, the foundations of God's throne, there's a fist that's being shaken at the foundations of God's throne in our nation right now. Listen, folks, this never-ending game of back-and-forth political football with the corpses of the preborn will not stop until we have statesmen rise up. Rise up and toss the devil's rule book in the trash. So he creates the problem and provides the pseudo solution. Humanism is the problem and saltless, lightless, ministry industrial complex. Me and my salvation is the gospel. Pietistic pseudo Christianity is presented as the solution. Abortion is the problem and the pro-life movement is the solution. So donkey, elephant, donkey, elephant, donkey, elephant. That's, that's why this thing that's going on in Oklahoma right now is such a big deal. A major candidate has risen up and by the grace of God, 
by the grace of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, has volunteered to, if elected, toss the humanistic rule book in the bonfire. That's why we have to get the word out about Dan Fisher. This is much bigger than one race. That's his message. I mean, if, if, if you, if what's more important than the outcome of this race is imagine if there were 25 well-funded Dan Fishers running in this cycle across the country. Uh, imagine if, if the billions and billions of dollars forked over to the pro-life ministry industrial complex right now were given only to causes that stand firm on biblical abolitionism. Imagine if the conservative position wasn't the pseudo-conservative position. Imagine if the conservative position was to conserve only that which is worth conserving, which is in the law of God, in the, in the, in the revealed scriptures of God, only that which lines up with the scriptures establishing the foundation of God's throne, righteousness, and justice. Imagine if only all conservative dollars would only go as if, you know, right now the conservative dollars won't go to like a homosexual cause usually. I mean, in most cases, I guess that's probably next. Um, but imagine if they would like in that case, only go to abolitionists in this, in this fight only like they'd say, Oh no, we don't, we don't fight it. The, we don't fight uh, abortion, the pro-life humanistic way. We fight it the biblical way. So, I mean, imagine if all that was channeled towards this. I mean, it would be ridiculous. This this thing would it would end overnight. And you can see why uh, that the pulpits aren't standing. And you can see why that the pro-life ministry popes, I mean, take one look. They know what's going on with this guy, Dan Fisher. You know, uh, imagine they, they take one look at this and see his video on Facebook. Go check out Dan's video on Facebook and 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 on his uh, candidate web web page. I'll give you that in a second. Check out his video on uh, on the on the abortion genocide on, on the difference. He actually says, I'm not pro-life. I'm an abolitionist. We're going to end this thing in the power of God standing on the word of God. No compromise, not abolitionism and pro-lifeism, not everything, not like humanism and Jesus sprinkled in at the table. No, straight up, no king but Jesus. That's on mine. I, I, I mean, you can tell why the pro-life minister, oh, whoa, 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 this thing happens, and all of a sudden, the game's over, the goose is cooked. I mean, we'll have to find real jobs. So, I mean, at the, at the, at the end of the day, um, you know, if, if you, look, it, 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 I mean, if you, if, you think, if you think it's crazy, you know, that this thing could actually happen, you know, a short time ago, if you ask the pro-life movement popes and their friends in the high places in the front office of the elephant team and those guys online, you know, if those guys online posting uh, when, when the abolish human abortion page first went up, if you and, and, and you know, all the memes or if anybody knows the background on it, all the memes were coming up and, you know, it was a big job. Oh, look at these radical, you know, kind of know nothing fishermen out there in Oklahoma. You know, if you, if you asked. If you if you ask the the high rollers in the ministry industrial complex back then, um, if, if those guys posting online the memes on Facebook, if they would ever have an adherent of a, a, a abolish human abortion ideology running with a shot as a serious gubernatorial candidate uh, opposing both sides of the devil's uh, platform in a pro life state, they would have laughed in your face. And here we are a few years later. And no money, and just Christians, just like you and me, just grinding in the trenches, no fanfare, no nothing, just hands to the plow, we won't back down straight up. <laughs> I mean, if you, and, and here we are today, by the grace of God, look, they would have laughed in your face, well, the joke is on them, the joke is on them, and look, straight up, if you're one of those pulpits in them good churches, especially 
uh, you, my, my Calvinist pastor friends, my, my reform in my reform circle. Goodness gracious. If you knew about this and said nothing, then I mean, shame on you in the name of Jesus, especially if you're a theonomist. If you claim to stand on the word of God, the law of God as the <laughs> as the standard for civil government. And, and you're kind of turning a blind eye to this thing like, oh, OK, you know, like or said a glib comment and moved on or maybe posted one thing on Facebook. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Used to be uh, used to be those Calvinists were a dangerous bunch, a dangerous bunch, quick to defy a tyrant. I mean, really founded the founded the new world. I mean, goodness, you didn't want to mess with a Calvinist clergyman if you were a tyrant, a political tyrant today. I mean, just walk all over them, come to their conferences, sit in their seats, drink their juice, eat their crackers. Uh, But justice. Come on, man. Um, You know, this is this is a rebuke. Get them. Get in line, man. Fall in. All right. All hands on deck. We have a man of God who has raised who has raised his hand saying, I'm going to defy the beast. I don't care. They could shoot me. They could carry me into the grave. They could they could ruin my life. They could come after my family. But we as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. We will. I mean, the blood of these image bearers are crying out to God. We can't take it any longer. We have rent our clothes and we're making a stand right here. If you can't get with that. If you can't get with that, if there's a serious problem with your walk, there's a, you know, you don't need to be leading anybody. You need to be on your knees in repentance straight up. I mean, that's just love right there. I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm not going to, Hey, you know, maybe can I get a speaking slot at the next conference? Nah, that's not me. That's not count Joe Salon out at this. I'm behind this microphone right here. War room, reconstructionist radio boots on the ground, front lines in the trenches, church, repent, church, repent. That's what's up. Dan Fisher's running for government, uh, <laughs> running for governor uh, to, to contend uh, with the Moloch state. He's saying, "One, I'll, I'll, I will stand. I will stand. Go to Dan. Go to FisherForGovernor.com. FisherForGovernor.com and the power of Jesus. Go there. Check out the platform. I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, look, look at the. I don't, you know, personally, like at the end of the day, there's a few things I could quibble with, but I, look. I, this man is 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 applying the law of God on this issue. Acts to the root, no compromise. The evil of the age, he's willing to fight uncompromised. The only one out there in a serious race right now as a 100% abolitionist with a shot to win the executive seat. So he gets in there, the next day we're defying tyrants. The next day it's on fire. It is on fire. It is on fire. Fisherforgovernor.com. Then also go to the Facebook backslash Dan Fisher for Governor. Also an event coming up. Uh, I'm going to be there uh, tomorrow, uh, November 18th. Uh, uh, tomorrow, uh, t- 1030 to 1130. Uh, 1139. And this is going to be on my Facebook page, War Room Facebook page. It's also going to be, uh, it's also on uh, Dan Fisher's page, obviously. Um, 1139 Southwest 48th Street, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, uh, 73109. I'll give you that one more time. Uh, 1139 Southwest 48th Street, Oklahoma City, uh, Oklahoma, 73109 for a rally. It's just going to be an hour. We're just going to stand up. We're going to make some noise. Uh, and, you know, 
whatever happens, uh, we're going to, we're going to stand. It's going to be a great time. So if you're in any way possible, can make it, make it. So I also got to mention that the, you know, look, the campaign didn't contact me to, to, to say anything on their behalf. I'm sure most of the people in the campaign probably don't even know who I am. Um, but, uh, I, I, you know, this is incumbent on all of us who value righteousness and justice, who consider the gospel more than where does my soul go when I die? And, you know, how can I be a little bit more nice in this, in this current age and, and, and live a life that's a little bit more pleasant for me and mine and me and mine and me and mine and me and my American evangelifish gospel. Um, it's incumbent on all of us to get the word out because at the end of the day, this, I mean, Dan Fisher could win this race. Dan Fisher could lose this race. That's in the, the, you know, the, this is all in the hands of the Lord. God is sovereign over these events. This is all in the hands of the Lord. But there's there's a bigger thing than this race, even. There is the message of what this actually stands for. We have on the record the attendance of the lightless lampstand silent as a man of God in Oklahoma, who's going to be in Oklahoma City tomorrow, uh, 1030 to 1130, at the address that I've given, has raised his hand and said, I will defy the federal beast if you give me this seat amongst these uh, uh, these humanists uh, over here in the state capitol. No more. That'll be it. That'll be it. So I want you to go to his website, uh, Fisher, fisherforgovernor.com, watch the videos, uh, check out the platform. This is very important. Do not underestimate the power that you have in getting the news out to your circle of folks. You might think, look, I only have what, you know, a couple hundred friends on Facebook. I, I only have, I got a small family. Nobody likes me, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. Do not underestimate, no matter how small, no matter where you are, Jesus doesn't need the numbers. He doesn't need you to be a big shot. He doesn't need you to have some kind of late night show or anything like that. He doesn't need you to be able to host giant conferences. He doesn't need you uh, to have a speaking circuit with more than 30 events booked uh, five months or a year in advance whatever. He doesn't need the numbers. He doesn't need the 2,700. He doesn't need the, he, look, he, he, he just, all he needs, all he needs, all he is, all he is, all he is demanding is just somebody to say, here I am. I will go, Lord. I will go. Send me. And there is an apologetic in the Bible against having the big position and the numbers and, and, and everything like that. Don't, no matter how small you are, don't underestimate your impact your influence that you can have for getting this message out do not do not do not underestimate it king jesus feeds the masses with five loaves and two fishes so let's get it let's get there in the trench i'm looking i'm looking for my i'm looking for my 300 my fellow soldiers my fellow warriors in this battle to establish righteousness and justice so end for few with a few scriptures. Let's let's end. You know, Psalm 97, 1 and 2 says, The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. And when we establish the law word of God in our land for the preborn, when we establish, when we when we stop the delivering of man into the dominion of man. The pagan nations around us will look and they will say, what nation is there that is so great, that has statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law, which I have set before you in this day? Deuteronomy 4 and 8. But woe, but woe, woe, woe unto you, unto those 
who decree inequitous decrees and the writers who keep writing oppression. Both sides of the humanistic team. Both sides of team humanist. So that's what, you know, we, I, I figured it was really important for me to, for me to rock that on a, a special edition of Boots, Boots on the Ground, War Room, uh, Dan Fisher for governor, uh, exposing and rebuking the lightless lampstand for blacking out this uh, monumentous occasion. And for those of y'all that are still here, I don't know if I'm going to keep this on. This is going to go on my next album. So if, if any of y'all don't know, I do a little, bit of, um, uh, a little bit of music and stuff like that. So for those of y'all that are still with us, I'm going to give you uh, I'm going to give you a couple of bars that I've wrote uh, for a kind of like an old school type of rap song. All right. So this is kind of like I, I got my background uh, as a as a rap artist or hip hop artist um, in, in New York City. And so a lot of the songs that I do today are more kind of like along the. I kind of just want to get the message out in a way that, that people like to receive it so they're softer. Uh, but I don't really kind of like that. I like the hard kind of stuff where everybody's kind of like on the street and in a cipher and like kind of competing with word games and stuff like that and, and just showing the artistry and all that, right? Hey, what's up, Pastor Callie? Shout out to my man, Pastor Callie. He's going to be on the War Room. Long time coming. If you haven't seen the debate with Pastor Callie uh, uh, on incrementalism, shutting down. One of the lightless lampstand attendants on incrementalism. Uh, you gotta watch it, Pastor Callie. If you could, could you please post that debate in the comment section? Because we're going to be talking about that on an upcoming War Room episode, by the grace of God. Um, and so, look, this this song, this this I just you know strung a few lyrics together here, and it kind of is basically just one large gigantic verse. And so, I don't really kind of have a name for it. I have a couple ideas for the music, um, but so so here 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 it goes though. So check it out. <laughs> Hold on, wait a second. My wife said, uh, uh, "Hey, Miss Cat says, uh, uh, see you're drinking my Gatorade.' Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know." Anyway, it's the uh, the cool cucumber Gatorade. <laughs> she gives me the mean face. <laughs> I love you, Miss Cat. All right, so all right, drop this real quick. <clears throat> Check it out. So it goes. I have a passion that rages like a savage to see the master's victory established in every area of life. You can't imagine how heart-wrenching bad I need to see these idols smashed in. The practice of these pastors to settle for average and cash in is why they deserve an asterisk. And they can call us mavericks, lone rangers with avericks. But the exact fact is we're a threat to their cabbage ah, and their status. You could imagine is damaged when they have to measure to the standard. Man up, stand up and I'll be candid. If you sound the trumpet for justice, you'll be slandered. These soft pulpits in our culture have been pampered, given permit to exist in the midst of the land as long as they commit not to resist the humanistic cancer. Ha! So the lamb's not mocked, but the lion awaits. In judgment of the pulpits, they're complying with the state. The lightless lampstand goes in the fire of the lake in league with the evil because they're silent in its face. Their truncated gospel of denial of the faith. Submission of these tyrants is flying in the face of the same grace of God, which they be crying, we erase. Check the signs of the time in this place. Man up. 
So they say culture is religion externalized. So which religion is consistent with the current plight? Are the institutions in our culture serving Christ? Will the murder cease when the blood will reach a certain height? Which emergency will make these preachers speak the word of life? The fields are white and the sickle is sharp. Get real on this mic, man. I spit from the heart. From this victory in Christ, I'll take a dip with the sharks. Grab a phone book this thick and rip it apart. Mash through them tackles, get them critical yards. Ash to axe to the idol and we split it to shards. And if they lock us up, then we'll spit the scripts for the guards. Spark a revival in the yard, the fire of God. Strike while the iron is hot. They used to pay me, I would fly to the spot. Now I'm outside with my signs in a lot. Cause I'd rather cast my lot with the guys on the block than these pastors that beguile the flock. Use the Bible as a prop. Idolizing cops defiled by their idols, which are piled to the top public schools, incubation centers for the youth, where the children of the pews learn to chill on the truth, put the axe right into the root, into these ministers' loot, so that'll be some definitive fruit. <laughs> so, it, it, it's gonna go on a little more, but uh, it's just, uh, I mean, it's just bars, kind of wordplay and stuff, having fun with that, kind of, you know. Um, uh, getting the aggression that I have uh, out in a way that's uh, a creative and uplifting uh, to the Lord God Almighty, um, you know. And uh, there's a there's a quote that I like that says that even if we can't write the laws of the land, we're going to write the songs. So no matter what methods we have, we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna take we're gonna exercise dominion uh, for the King. Um, and so I appreciate y'all. Uh, thank you for, for tuning in. If you have any questions real quick, uh, you can put them into the comment section. Hey, you think it would be good on a trap beat, uh, pastor Callie? I never even really rocked on one of those before. I, I think it, it might. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll write that down. So we need to put that on a trap beat, uh, for sure. Jason Sanchez, the founder, baby, uh, my man, uh, that deserves some cabbage. So the famous, uh, famous cabbage salad. I got that from, uh, from my main man, uh, uh, Rob McCoy out there, pastor Rob in, uh, in thousand Oaks. Uh, that's his recipe. So shout out, uh, uh, big Rob. If you, uh, uh, if you, if you listening to this, um, love you, bro. So, uh, yeah, cabbage salad, man. Only, the only way the only way it's good is if you make it at like two in the morning, you know. Uh, so, anyway, uh, love y'all. Thank you for for tuning in for that. Probably gonna clip the uh, the music portion off of the podcast for the boots on the ground when this comes out. Probably not gonna come out next week either. Um, but uh, but it'll it'll be on file, Elizabeth. So, uh, a New York minute. Oh, everything moves faster in New York. Everything moves faster. So that's what a, that's what a New York minute is. Um, that's why they, that's why they, that's why they say that. And so, um, you know, a little, little, uh, little tidbit about New York too. Uh, the so-called sons of freedom during the time of the revolution, uh, once tore down the statue of tyranny, uh, for uh, a statue of tyranny, a statue of King George, and they used, they commanded black black help to do it. That just shows kind of the hypocrisy that's woven in. This lightless lampstand uh, has been going out for a long time, and God has showed us so much grace, but it's time to man up and, and stand up um, 100% or woman up or whatever the case may be. Just be filled with the Spirit. You know, fill thine horn with, uh, with oil and go. Uh, love you all very much. Um, 
appreciate y'all. And so, oh, goodness, this went 54 minutes. Okay. Well, hey, love y'all. Dan Fisher for governor. Check that out. If you can make it out to Oklahoma City tomorrow, uh, please do that. Thank you for joining us in the war room. Please enjoy the nation's rage, Psalm 2, by my soul among lions. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.